everyone, Jason Ingman here, CEO of Freaky Fast Capital Group and the host of this new podcast, Brick by Brick, Building Single Family Wealth. And I appreciate you uh, hopping on, listening. I've been getting texts and emails from people saying that they've been uh, listening to our podcast. And that's always exciting, especially uh, the fact that there's podcasts everywhere and uh, there's hundreds to choose from. So I do appreciate you listening to ours. Uh, We are in the Christmas season, and I don't know about you, but I am definitely ready for the holidays. I am definitely ready for the end of the year and just kind of putting a pause and and, and kind of catching up and resting and getting ready to go into the new year, you know, uh, fully charged and and ready to attack uh, what life throws our way. And I think if anything, 2023 has proven that we just don't know what's going to come our way. Uh, The market this year has just been insanely all over the place, whether it's been in real estate, whether it's been in the stock market, whether it's been in other alternative investments like oil and gas. uh, It's definitely definitely been a roller coaster of emotions, uh, both emotionally and then also financially. And so I think that's uh, been definitely a challenge that I think a lot of investors have had to um, a maneuver. And what's interesting to me, I talk to investors every day of the week and from all different walks of life, all different ages. You know, for someone like me who um, in 2008, I was a freshman in college, uh, this is really our first kind of like downturn correction that we've had experience other than COVID, but COVID was very short lived. Uh, for other investors, you know, this is their third or fourth time they've seen a recession or they've seen some form of correction. And, and for them, there's hesitation, there's concern, there's pause. But the common theme that I keep hearing from them is it's unlike anything we've really ever seen before. And it's just, it's very confusing. And so I think going into 2024, I think a lot of people are kind of relieved to see 2023 end. I think people are excited to see what 2024 is going to bring. Are the feds going to drop rates? If so, when, what quarter, and what is that going to do to the real estate market? What is that going to do to the stock market? You know, we've got an election coming up. How is that going to interfere with uh, the economics of this country? And so there's a lot of, I think, hope that 2024 is a better year. And there are some indicators that, you know, that could be. There's other people who think there's indicators showing it's going to be even worse. Who knows? But what I would like to do is just give a small uh, market update or analysis of what we're seeing. Uh, This isn't, you know, data that I've pulled from, you know, different sites and different groups nationwide, just what Freaky Fast has seen, and uh, give a little bit of our experience. I was telling an investor the other day, this may be uh, the most bizarre uh, six months that I've ever experienced in real estate. In the last three months, I've seen more contracts um, get delayed or fall through. Um, and they've fallen through for just a variety of reasons, whether the lenders literally tightened the qualifications for them to approve the loan a week before closing. Um, maybe, you know, uh, buyers just decide to back out because they're scared or they're not really wanting to buy the deal and they're just trying to wait and see. It's been a very unique experience. And for me, it's taught me some valuable lessons as a CEO of a company that is 
built around investments and selling properties and moving properties, how important the cash conversion cycle is, how important strategy is in the sense of projections. Uh, this year, projections have been off big time. I mean, I, you know, I've projected certain things and without knowing what was going to come down the pipeline, and it's made me have to readjust, uh, call an audible. And, and we're seeing that stay the stay um, I guess the common theme over the last 60, 90 days. One thing that I am noticing is prices aren't really changing as much. It's the length of time on the market. It has gone from 14 to 30 days to as much as 60, 90 days. That has changed. The other thing that I've seen change again is just restrictions from lenders. And so people literally are losing uh, their uh, approval or their uh, pre-approval right before closing. Um, and they're backing out. Um, we're seeing people, like I said earlier, just change their mind in the very last minute, get cold feet. But yet the pricing is staying the same. You're not seeing huge deductions. Now, this is just what I'm seeing in my field. Again, we're in affordable housing. You know, we're not selling anything really over four hundred thousand. Um, it's usually between one hundred and fifty and three hundred, and so we're seeing those prices stay very, very consistent. Now, what I'm not seeing is multiple offers offers over asking. Um, they're usually at asking or a little bit below, or maybe they're asking to cover. Uh, holding costs or um, uh, closing costs. And so there are different changes. But what's interesting is pricing or prices are staying fairly stable. And again, I think part of that has to do with the fact that there's such low inventory. Going into 2024, if the feds drop the rates and there's different projections or predictions of when that's going to happen, and you know, if it's second quarter, uh, third quarter, summer predicting maybe the end of next year, uh, you're going to see the real estate market just go gangbusters again, mainly because of the fact that there are uh, just a huge need still for these properties and inventory is very low. So all that to say, I'm super excited about 2024. I'm ready to go into a new year. I'm ready to... Um, there's two different ways of looking at it. And I know a lot of coaches teach, you know, don't set new year's resolutions because what you set for 2024 you can start today and i agree with that but it's always nice to start a fresh year uh start the books you know restart the books and and start fresh with a clean slate um and, and yeah sometimes 2023 or sometimes the pre the year that's ending carries into the new year but but at the same time there's just that freshness that and and i do love that and i am looking forward to that so as an investor I think 2024 is going to be a big year. Even if there's corrections, even if downturns keep continue to happen and it goes lower, it's going to be a great year to invest in real estate. So that is my my market analysis of what is happening in the last couple of weeks and what I'm projecting into next year. Now I could be completely wrong. So if um, you know, it, it's really really tough to say. No one has that crystal ball. But I do feel very good about that. This episode is sponsored by Retrocurrent Marketing. The world is quickly moving to a content-dominated society. 
And if you aren't taking full advantage of social media and video, then you're being left behind. RetroCurrent has industry-leading professionals to help you show off how amazing you are. From real estate professionals to music artists, there is no one that can't grow. The name says it all, Current Marketing in a Retro Way. Get in contact by visiting their website at RetroCurrentMarketing.com. I want to just take a few minutes and talk to you, the investor, and say, hey, are you investing in single-family homes? And if not, that needs to be involved in your portfolio going into 2024. Um, and there's several ways to do that. I've talked a little bit about it in previous podcasts or on webinars or uh, conferences I've spoken at. You know, there's always that question, how do I get it started? And my question back to them is, do you want to be active or do you want to be passive? And there's still ways to invest in a passive role, but still experience some of that active investors type of returns. That's one reason why we created the equity fund that we currently are pushing right now uh, to investors. It's a fund that allows investors to put capital to work and it be completely passive, but yet they get to partake on the rehabs of properties and that value add that the property receives once the rehab is completed and allow them to see their real estate investment portfolio spike from a return uh, perspective because now they're getting to partake on the on the rehab side of things. Uh, for some investors, though, maybe you are in a position where you are like me four and a half years ago when I was still very new to this business and I had done wholesaling. I had uh, maybe uh, I'd done a couple flips, but I really hadn't built up this investment uh, business yet. And it's not anything that is new under the sun. Um, nothing ever is. You know, you find this strategy in just about every real estate 101 investment book out there. Um, Brandon Turner with Bigger Pockets calls it the Burr method. Um, and so it's, it's very common knowledge. But what I have learned in, in life, um, I played sports growing up, is we have a tendency to know the right answers, but forget the right answers. Or we've heard the right answers from one coach or one teacher, but then just kind of chagrin to it or roll our eyes to it. And then we hear someone else like validate it. Then you hear another person validate it. And it's like, okay, I need to implement this into my life. I need to, you know, eat healthier or I need to read more or I need to uh, get better sleep like it's practical things that we hear but sometimes we let it go through one ear and out the other and it's a constant reminder when we hear from other people that that's the right thing to do so for you if maybe you've heard this a few different times but you haven't acted upon it allow this to be like confirmation of what you need to do maybe you're completely new and and you're wanting to uh, get involved well this is great for you uh, maybe for some uh, maybe you're doing some form of investing but maybe not quite this model and and that is also great for you there's a couple different things and i think hdtv has um, pushed this model to the consumer and for the consumer they see it and they want to do it and they view it as investing and in reality it's not investing and that is the fix and flip you got you know the 
probably the most famous with uh, Fixer Uppers and Chip Joanna Gaines. Absolutely love them. They're great people and uh, love everything that they've done. And I think they've really helped uh, create that desire to do that, along with other shows uh, that HDTV has had. However, what a lot of people on the consumer side of things don't realize is that is not investing. It is a job. When you buy a house and you rehab it and you flip it, that is a job. Now, maybe use investment capital to do that. And the idea is to build up your investment portfolio doing that. And maybe you're not even putting a whole lot of time into it. The thing is, it's a job. And here's the reason why. It's something that you have to uh, constantly continue to do. I can't just fix and flip one house and then that money just grow and continue to grow. I have to take that money that I make from the flip of that house and then reinvest it into something else to get that money to grow. Whereas if I were to buy a house that needs rehab, I rehab it. Instead of selling on the market, I then put tenants in there. And those tenants start paying me to live in that house. And now I've created an investment. Job versus investment. Now, for some, I fell into this category. I didn't have the ability to invest capital into a rental property. I had to create more capital. And the way you create more capital is by flipping those homes. So I had to create a job to generate enough money for me to then put into an investment vehicle, which would be rental properties. So real basic, real like common knowledge, like flipping houses and starting real estate investing for dummies, you know, um, is, is this simple. You buy a house, you rehab that house, you flip that house. And then you take that profit, and depending on how much that profit is, maybe this time you buy two houses. And with that two houses, you keep one as a rental property, and you flip the second one. And then from that, now that property that you just turned into a rental, you refinance, and you pull out that investment capital, and now you go buy another property. It's called the Burr Method. You buy, you rehab, you rent out, you refinance, and then you repeat. So you constantly keep that that strategy going. So you have to start with something. So for example, you have $100,000. Maybe you borrowed it from a family member or you got it from a private lender or a hard money lender. Maybe it's money that you inherited. It's all you have. And you are able to go buy a house, say $50,000. And then you put $50,000 in rehab. So you're all in at $100,000 after holding costs and so forth. Then you're able to sell that house for 150000 Now you have the ability to take that 50000 and maybe deploy that 50000 into a second home. So you got that 150000 back, or you got that 100000 back that you initially started with, and you bought another house. But now you have an additional 50000 that you can either A, buy maybe a bigger house that's going to provide you a larger profit, or you have the ability to maybe take that 50000 and go get a loan from somebody and use that other 50000 to buy a second house. So now you started with one house, you sold that, and now you're able to go acquire two houses. Now, with those two houses, you take the one and you flip it, and then you take the second one and you keep it as a rental property, and once you've added value to it through the rehab, you're able to refinance it. 
And now you pull out that money and now you have the ability to go buy two more properties from the second house that you sold on the market and the money that you just got from the refinance. And you're able to start snowballing by adding uh, value to homes and then refinancing, pulling out that equity and start building out a portfolio. That's the most simple way to do it. Now, for some of you, you might say, well, I don't know anything about flipping homes. I don't know about you know, contractors and property managers and things like that. Here's what I do know. I have a great job. I have capital that I'm making that I'm looking to deploy in, into some investments. I know real estate investing is the way to go. I know more millionaires have been created by real estate. What do I do? Well, you have to look for somebody who already is doing that model. For example, like our company, Freaky Fast. There's hundreds of companies out there that do this type of model where we're buying investment properties, adding value to them through rehabs, and creating cash flow. The ability that you have is finding those operators, seeing who they who is doing what fits your model, seeing if there's a way to start building a relationship with them, and grow your investment portfolio by doing that. And it, it's not necessarily the most complicated. I feel like sometimes we are afraid to take risk. I feel like sometimes we are nervous about stepping out of our comfort zone. Um, or a lot of this information seems like Greek when we're not accustomed to it. But once you start like breaking it down and you start seeing the steps and the process to building generational wealth brick by brick, it makes a lot more sense. And then you start grasping it, you start learning it, and then it and then it comes across as like just simple math, like two plus two equals four, versus geometry and algebra and calculus and all these different things. It is the model that so many people have started out with that have built such great wealth. But here's the most exciting thing. It's generational wealth. This is something that you could pass down to your children, whether it's information. And you teach them how to do it as, you know, teenagers to where they can then grow up into an adult and do real estate if they have the desire as an active job instead of maybe going to college and getting into great college debt and trying to figure out how to get out of that debt. You know, maybe they're not wanting to be a, an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer that requires degrees. Maybe they just want to get into business or marketing or, or something like that. They could bypass necessarily going to college. They can get into the business world just right off the bat because you've taught them this generational wealth of education and information from 13 to 20 or even younger than that. And you start teaching them the entrepreneurial spirit and mindset. That's one part of the generational wealth opportunity. The other is the fact that if you invest in properties, you can hang on to those properties for 30, 40, 50 years and pass them down to your kids and your grandkids. And that investment is only going to continue to grow sure the market has swings but like unlike a lot of uh, other investments real estate even if it goes down it always goes up and eventually over a long period of time where you started here and now you're up here and you have that ability to create that equity through appreciation because it's a tangible asset that is limited you know, there's only so many houses out there. There's only so many houses that you can build. There's only so much land that you can purchase. So it continues to grow in value that you're able to give to your children and to your grandchildren. Generational wealth. 
We hear people talk about that all the time. What does that exactly mean? What, what does that do? You know, maybe for someone who didn't have that type of generational wealth given to them, they've had to earn everything that they've got. They've had to sweat. They've had to, uh, I mean, really just pour into their, their finances and building for their finances to pass along. I think it's important for us to be able to give that to our kids and to our grandkids. And real estate is one of the best ways to do that. I highly recommend it. Go get your books. If you've never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you have to do that. I mean, it's, it's the most uh, famous book, I would think, for real estate that preaches this model. The difference between uh, his dad, who was not business-minded, who worked the 9-to-5, versus a person that he admired who taught him real estate investing and who is like a father figure to him. Great book. So much information. Like, we have no excuse there's so much information out there, so much knowledge that we can glean. The question is, will you be a good steward of what is given you? Whether it's time, whether it's uh, intelligence, whether it's information, whether it's connections, relationships, what are you doing to advance yourself and advance your, not only from a knowledge standpoint, but also from a financial standpoint? What are you doing? As you go into 2024, now's the time to start making out goals. What am I? If you haven't done it already, you probably should have already done it, but you got a couple more weeks. Now's the time to start building out goals, build out a vision board for 2024 to say, hey, this is what I really want to do. I want to accomplish these things and plan now to do that. To me, that's, that's the most important thing that you can do right now so that you can better your future for you and your family. Again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Hopefully, the information that you're getting is helping you as an investor, but also looking to consume information and knowledge and maybe even somewhat of a market update type of information that you're looking for and data to back that information up. I hope nothing but the best for you uh, as this year is wrapping up. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and that you get to spend time with family and loved ones, thanking uh, God for everything that he has blessed you with this year. And I'm also hoping nothing but prosperity, happiness, joy, and peace for you going into 2024.